are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Back with me in the studio on this Wednesday, sunny, beautiful day in the Auburn Opelika area. It's Uncle T-Bone with me. Uncle T-Bone, how are you, brother? Happy Wednesday. Yeah. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope everyone's in a better mood this Monday than that they, means you too. Than they were this uh, today than they were this past Monday. I don't know what you're talking about. I felt great Monday, so I hope everyone. The sun's back out. Okay, the Kentucky game's over with. We're going to Georgia this weekend. Let the <laughs> pumping begin. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, I. I'm very reluctant to remind people on who is going to be in the building on Saturday, but we'll get to that as we go. But hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday. So much to get to on the show today. We've got SEC basketball from last night. We have some great SEC and college basketball coming up tonight. Uh, We've got Auburn football things to talk about, college football things to talk about, all sorts of things to get to on the show today. Reminder, no Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Our guy got married last week so he is on a uh, you know Uncle T but I said this yesterday he decided to go on his honeymoon and be with his newlywed wife rather than be on a show in Auburn it's ridiculous that Jordan Hill would do that to us yeah Jordan will be back congratulations Jordan on tying the knot we're all happy for you buddy you know (laughs) you got got nicer things to say this time have a great time on your honeymoon (laughs) run I mean uh have a great time on your honeymoon and uh, we look forward to having him back next Wednesday. Give us a ring at 334-321-1390. I mean, pretty much wide-open Wednesday, right? Auburn yeah. baseball taking care of business last night, 7-2 to at Plainsman Park against UAB. Ike Irish goes deep again. That's again. his second dinger of the season in four games. I believe he has six or seven RBIs. I'm going to have to double-check that. Uh, seven RBIs in four games. That's almost an RBI game. Tigers taking care of business last night, and we'll head down to Jacksonville, Florida to take on number 18th-ranked Iowa on Friday, Wichita State, and number 10th-ranked Virginia on Mm -hmm. Sunday. So we're about to find out really quickly uh, what the Tigers have with some top-ranked teams down in Jacksonville, Florida this weekend. So we're not quite ready to turn the page completely to baseball because we've got so much basketball there was sec action last night tennessee got a little bit of a scare from yes, missouri they did. uh you know look you got to hand it to missouri they haven't just completely thrown in the towel this season and neither has arkansas who basically just took a spear and not a fork and shoved it in Texas A&M's bubble and blew it up and busted it once and for all. The Aggies are done, my friend, unless they win the SEC tournament. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams that are in that spot right now. Is um, They are just they're reeling, really. And, you know, you, you mentioned it about Missouri giving Tennessee 
everything that they wanted. And they were worried in that second half, man. Missouri just kept hitting shots, kept hanging around. And they said it on the broadcast last night because I had it on in the background doing a few things at the house. But Missouri is yet to win an SEC game. They're winless in conference play. But it just doesn't seem like that's going to stick. Here's the problem. They're running out of time. They're running out of time to get one of those conference wins. And I believe the last time an SEC team did not win a conference game was like Vanderbilt in 2016, 19, something like that. I can't quite remember the year, but it's been a little bit. And look, that is... I mean, even Tony Barbrutal won a conference game. There you go. Most years, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And it's tough to go winless in the SEC, but it's also tough to win games in the SEC. In the final stretch of games at Arkansas, at Florida, home for Ole Miss, home for Auburn, and at LSU. That's what Missouri's got coming up down the stretch. I mean, it's very possible they don't win another SEC game this year. Yeah, I mean, those two home games uh, against Ole Miss and Auburn, I think, would be your best bets. I would think so. The way that Auburn plays on the road, they might have that one circled, right? (laughs) I don't know. That's a long ways from now, and who knows what's going to happen by the time the Tigers get to uh, Missouri. Lots of action tonight. The games start a little later tonight than normal, Jacob, with two very late games, Florida traveling to uh, Coleman Coliseum to take on Red Hot Alabama. Both of those teams are Red Hot. That'll be on ESPN2 beginning at 6 o'clock. Georgia at Vanderbilt get a little tune-up before uh, before they host the Tigers. That could be a little scary trip for Georgia, who's just been completely reeling. Kentucky uh, at LSU. We'll see if the Wildcats can maintain the momentum from uh, that big victory in Neville Arena this past Saturday night. And then last but not least, a bubble matchup. Ole Miss heading to Mississippi State. That'll be on ESPN, too. So some very, very interesting basketball tonight in the SEC. Yeah, Ole Miss and Mississippi State is intriguing because you mentioned it. Those are two bubble teams. Those are two teams that Ole Miss is really on the bubble. Mississippi State kind of trying to get back inside of that. And these are games where do you get a lot of love for winning them no not necessarily but you get all the hate if you lose them and that's the biggest issue in the sec and in a lot of conferences right now where the sec's middle to bottom is just not all that great it's not well represented and so for a team like Ole Miss who I think has a better chance to make the tournament than Mississippi State does right now the Rebs got to have this one you got to go on the road to your rival in the hump and got to get a win because the Rebels, looking down the stretch, they've got State tonight. They have South Carolina coming in on Saturday. They have Alabama coming in next Wednesday. So two big-time quad one opportunities before they end up with some of the bottom teams, Missouri, Georgia, and Texas A&M. So, yeah, Ole Miss is playing a game tonight to just stay hanging around in, in that bubble conversation. Kentucky on the road at LSU. Does Kentucky fall flat on their face, or do they continue to roll? We're going to find out tonight. And I look, that's a much better Kentucky team than LSU is. And yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's conference play. But look, that's a good Kentucky team. We've talked about it. And they didn't play their best game at Auburn, and they still won that one. So winning on the road has not been an overly big issue for John Calipari and the Cats. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Kentucky looks like defensively tonight. You know, can they uh, – they had a great defensive game against Ole Miss two games ago at home, carried that, and obviously shut Auburn down to 59 points. A lot of that was self-inflicted wounds. I mean, Tigers missed 
plenty, plenty of open shots in that game. But still, I mean, you get credit for it, right, in the stats that that looks like some type of excellent defensive game that Kentucky played. And they did play better defense than they normally do. LSU can score some points. Yeah, they can. I mean, they, they've run up almost 100 twice on Alabama and lost by like 20 in each game. They just don't play a whole lot of defense either. So I'm interested to see if Kentucky carries that defensive mindset down to Baton Rouge tonight and handles business. You said at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, both on this bubble, they come in ranked 7th and 8th in SEC standings right there. That's it. That's where you draw the line in this league right now for realistic teams to make the NCAA tournament. And the way it's kind of trending, I wouldn't say 8 go. I just don't see it. I think to the seven, NCAA tournament, I say it's going to be seven. So yeah. one of these teams desperately trying to get away from the other one right there in those seventh and eighth rankings. I want to remind people what LSU did this past weekend. In case it flew under the radar, especially for Auburn fans focused on the Auburn-Kentucky game, LSU just went on the road to South Carolina and got a win, 64-63. So that's not a fallen over and dead South or LSU team just yet I mean they're still fighting and they just went on the road and got a top 25 win I don't think South Carolina is a top 15 team anymore but a, that's a top 25 win on the road in conference play so LSU is capable of doing it now that was a very low scoring game 64-63 so yeah can they hang with John Calipari in Kentucky tonight we're gonna find out but the biggest game of the night in college basketball and in the SEC, no doubt, is when a top 25 matchup takes place in Tuscaloosa and T-Town. Number 24, Florida, at number 13, Alabama. Tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN2, you mentioned that. Bama, favored by 9.5 in a top 25 matchup at home. And we know why. They shoot lights out oh inside the airplane hangar. Look, they shoot pretty much lights out just about everywhere they've been all year, except for in uh, Knoxville and, and in Auburn. In, in those two really hostile rival environments. So I, I fully expect for uh, Alabama to continue to shoot the ball well, especially tonight. I mean, they are hot. Two-game lead in the SEC. Nate Oates done a heck of a job this year. Uh, does Florida take a page out of the Auburn playbook with their big men and their power rebounding and just pound it inside and run their offense from the inside out like Auburn did when Alabama came to town. I mean, you know, I, that that was that's what I think you got to do against Alabama. You got to extend the defense out, push them back. They want to come in and play by the rim, so be it, and get your big men rolling on offense. See if you can't get Grant Nelson and a few of those guys in foul trouble and uh, kind of control the ball and play a physical brand of basketball. Well, Florida is one of the best rebounding teams in the country, Uncle T-Bone. And so if Alabama doesn't make shots, there's a high percentage chance that they do not get second and third chance opportunities. And that's where teams start winning basketball games. And as a team that's going to be on the road in a hostile environment tonight in Florida, rebounding is crucial to limit a team like Alabama to one chance because we've seen it time and time again. You give Alabama a rebound on the offensive side, which is the best time to shoot a three-pointer, there's a pretty good chance they're going to knock it down the second time if you give them another look. Yeah, they, you, you see them sometimes get like almost what you call a cheap rebound where they just get a good bounce and they kick it right back to the guy who just shot it, right? And it's like if you're putting a, a five-footer and you miss it and you get another look at it and you drain it, you know? So I, yep. I'm with you. you, they, they're you gonna, Florida's going to have to control 
they're going to have to control the boards against Alabama up in Tuscaloosa tonight. Or they might get run up out of that gym nine and a half points. You look at it on paper and you're like, man, that seems like an awful lot of points. Why Florida's looking so good right now. Almost like they're begging you to take the Gators. So I'd watch mm. out for that one, folks. Alabama might explode tonight on Florida. You know how many points a game Alabama's averaging this season without looking at it? No, but I know they're leading the country. 91 points a That's game. That's remarkable. I mean, that is that is remarkable. I mean, you don't really – if you can score points like that in bunches, I mean, do you really have to play a whole lot of defense? And they can play defense when they want to. Alabama can. I mean, right. they've got the length one through five to do it. They may not have the biggest size down low, but they've got the length to compete and hang with people sure. and get stops when they have to. So, yeah, you score 91 points a game on average – yeah, you're going to win some ball games, and that's why they're at the top of the SEC. And look, there's a really high chance that Alabama ends up winning the SEC, and a game like tonight would really, really help them and almost secure that fact that they could win the SEC. No, I mean, just a remarkable job again by Nate Oates putting together a team. I don't want to say with bubblegum and WD-40 and duct tape, but you know, a lot of people left right there. A lot of big talent left last season. And, uh, you know, you bring folks in, and, and I think it was a struggle for them a little bit. I mean, a, a kind of a weird lost Ohio State, right, which is probably a little bit better team than they were coached this season, obviously beating Purdue last week. I mean, that's a couple of good wins for the Buckeyes, right, After with a, with a coach who's out the door oh. beating Purdue and beating Alabama. How, a side note here just for a second. How do you feel if you are – a fired head coach after having a terrible record this season and the previous season at whatever school it is. And the very next game, they walk out on the floor, they take down the number two team in the country. You're thinking this entire time, man, I can't do anything with this team. They're terrible. I'm just frustrated. I'm tired of it. I just got fired. I'm on the couch with a, with a drink and some potato chips, and I watch my team that I was just coaching three days ago go out and beat the number two team in the country. How do you feel about that? Well, How would you feel? If Jimmy Sexton is my agent, I'm feeling pretty good because I know I'm feeling a lot richer right now. So, um, you know, look, uh, good coaches, sometimes get put in the wrong situation and good players sometimes get put with the wrong coaches I mean could just be a bad mesh there who knows what really happened I'm gonna be honest with you I don't follow a whole lot of Ohio State basketball they haven't done a whole lot this season so uh, they haven't really been on my radar until they fired their coach I would imagine, though, it stings a little bit. I mean, is he on the couch watching uh, watching his old team play or old Magnum P.I. reruns or something? You hey, know? Nothing wrong with old Magnum P.I. Ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with that at all. Hey, He's probably counting his money, though, and figuring out what his next, uh, next deal is going to be. I imagine that if you could actually become the coach at Ohio State that you will land on your feet starting again somewhere. I mean, that's a pretty big-time job. You know, it's got to be a top 30, 40 job in college basketball, right? I mean, yeah, I would I would think so. Just that the the university and the money and right. the resources and the facilities and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's 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 up there on that side of things. Ohio State basketball, maybe not so much. but I well, mean, it, I wouldn't say it's a blue blood by any mean like they are no. in football. That's not even close. But you're talking about a university with as much uh, umph behind it as just about any university in college basketball uh sports yeah, right yeah, and for so sure. in, in the world but you know and, and it's interesting i don't know if you we didn't have a chance and this might this article might have come out afterwards when i was on the air with you monday 
from Matt Norlander over at CBS Sports, and it's uh, entitled Court Report. Auburn's Bruce Pearl could be coaching Carousel Target. And they mention Ohio State is the type team that mm. might come down and say, you know what, look, we've looked at Michigan, our rival win national championships. We've looked at other Big Ten teams like Michigan State have tremendous success and Purdue have tremendous success. And then obviously Indiana being in that conference, we're ready to take that next step. And who better would we get as a salesperson to have a shot at that than Bruce Pearl? And, you know, he goes on in this article to say it's highly unlikely that Pearl would want to leave Auburn. He has nothing but nice quotes to say about Auburn, including, I've liked every place I've been. I've never liked any place I've been more than Auburn, Pearl said. I've liked everywhere. This is the best I've ever been. Okay? This would be a really, really hard place to leave. But he stopped short of saying he'd never leave, according to this article. And you got a bunch of openings like Louisville and Ohio State. And it just kind of makes you wonder if there's a team out there that says, you know what, I know you're making about five, five and a half million dollars a year at Auburn. You probably got about five really good years left in you. As you approach 70, we'll pay you 10 million a year. Take us to the blue blood level. I want to entertain this when we come back. I think we need to play a game of what if. What if. Our favorite game here during On the Line. We'll have that for you when we come back. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. The Wednesday edition of On the Line continues after this. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's play a little game, why don't we? Let's play a little what if. Some people love it, some people hate it. You know me. It's my favorite. And that's an interesting article that you brought up, Uncle T-Bone, from, where'd you say, CBS Sports? CBSSports.com, Matt Norlander, basically saying, what if Ohio State or Louisville tried to come down and take Bruce Pearl away from Auburn. How's that taste, Mm. Auburn fan? Well, it's not just Bruce Pearl that's been circulating for big-time jobs. And look, let's start out by saying this. Do I think Bruce Pearl's going anywhere? No, I don't. But what if, right? What if others come calling? Because this is not the first time that these conversations have come up in the past. There was the circulation a year ago about Louisville being interested in Bruce Pearl. And this is also not the only coach that's being thrown around as possibilities for big-time jobs. The other two around the SEC are Nate Oates and Eric Musselman. Many believe that Muss is out the door at Arkansas. He doesn't want to be there with anything going on on and off the floor. And he just it doesn't seem like he's wanting to be there anymore. And I think there's a legitimate conversation when you talk about Arkansas basketball that there is a ceiling on that program compared to the other powerhouses around the sports. And maybe Muss believes that he can do better somewhere else. And I think he would be a really, really good coach at Louisville. I think him or Nate Oates would be possibly the saving grace for that program, a Louisville basketball program that has been terrible in the last six or seven years. I mean terrible. I mean, that's a uh, that's a national championship 
pedigree ter- uh, uh, program. Borderline, Jacob. borderline blue blood program. I mean, if they're not blue blood, they're the first in, right? Yeah, or they're the first four in. That's right. Into the big club of blue bloods in college basketball. I mean, you're talking about Denny Crum, man, and Rick Patino, and who's having I a heck mean, of a time up at St. John's. Have you seen what he had to say the other day? Yeah, I seen he gone a little nuclear on some folks. Yeah, so, he, uh, he let his team hear it the other day in his post game press. Yeah, I like it though. Sometimes he'll get the devil in him and, and, <laughs> and just let it rip uh will continue to be a great basketball coach until the day he passes from this earth i fully believe that that guy's just a it's almost like webster's dictionary if you saw the, oh. if you saw basketball coach there'd be a picture of rick patino that's there. right and he can flat out get it done but anyway back to the what if scenarios you know there's a bunch of them Right, and you start playing Monopoly here, and start playing the game of life, and spinning the wheel, and somebody's going to get gobbled up here soon. I, I I really feel like that out of this league because the SEC is a better league overall right now than the uh, Big Ten. Oh, for sure, no doubt about it. And I think that this uh, opening Ohio State's not going to be the only one up there this season. Mm. Got your guy over there at Indiana who's hanging on by a thread. Yeah, well, Mike Woodson's getting it right now at Indiana. Fans are uh, not happy with him. And here's the problem: so, there, he's a, he's a former Indiana player, and so a lot of people are. And it's third year of his contract, I think. And yeah, I just don't think a lot of money owed to him as well. Well, that that could be a sticking point, but in today's NIL world, especially for a program like Indiana, which is certainly a blue blood of college basketball, I would think they'd be able to cobble up enough to get going in the right direction if they needed to leave him behind Mm -hmm. and send him packing and bring somebody else in. That one, to me, is more of a what-if for Bruce Pearl and look, I'm with you too. And folks, I don't want people to get the wrong, uh, get a misunderstanding here. Uncle T's not on this on this radio show on the line, the show that tells it like it is and holds nothing back here at ESPN 106.7. Two days saying he's gone, he's out of here. G- get ready to hire somebody else. I just don't believe it. I mean, it's evident that Bruce Pearl has a just a tremendous amount of love mm-hmm. for Auburn University and vice versa. And nobody wants him to leave other than rival fans. But, man, if that Indiana job came open and they came calling for Bruce Pearl. A state that he has coached in before. I'd be a little nervous at that point. I'd be like, eh, not Ohio State. I just don't think they have the – I just don't know if that's the right fit for him, right, to leave Auburn. And I'm not so sure Louisville is right now, which is kind of – been in such a backslide for so long although he's proven i mean he took over auburn when we were in the doldrums we were probably the worst program not only in the sec but one of the worst in college basketball not to mention auburn basketball historically it's above scraping the bottom of the barrel but just barely right and he's made auburn relevant nationally and and knocking on the door of doing some tremendously great things if not doing great things so could he turn around louisville basketball heck yeah i think he'd turn around any program he went to but if indiana opens up Mm. and they come down here and that big red ui jet crop duster whatever they got (laughs) and they fly into auo fresh off the over there at the airport after crop dusting up there in indiana that's right and they come with a big bag of cash 
That one would make me a little nervous, sports fans. But it's something you said a little bit earlier is the age factor. And not that Bruce Pearl is old by any means, but he's getting up there and he's been coaching for a long, long time. And it's also a question of Bruce Pearl being one of the older school coaches. He's not old school, but he's older school coaching where it, you know, those guys are starting to not put up with NIL and transfer portal and all that mess. And I think, just me speaking here, I think Indiana and Louisville and if Kentucky moves on, all those types of programs, they're looking for that younger, fresh-off-the-boat type of guy who's been proven, not very long though, and could really take them and make them a good program for the next 15, 20 years. Yeah, and we know who that, that, that the number one candidate right now in the state of Alabama is for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's over there in Tuscaloosa. So uh, you don't ever know. I mean, maybe these new talks of an arena up there, people will tell you that it's not that big a deal to them. Who knows what a big deal is to any of these coaches, but there are programs that are better than both Auburn and Alabama, and they will have openings. And I'll say this, too, before we get to break. I think branding and team branding and school athletic branding has so much to do in college basketball more than people like to admit and maybe that's why Auburn's kind of struggled here and there in the past when we come back we'll talk some college football with the news yesterday on the new format on the college football playoff that's coming up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line You are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He is Uncle T-Bot. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the airwaves here on ESPN 106.7. No Jordan Hill today of Dogs 247. We will pick back up with him next week. He is uh, off on his honeymoon, got married, so we are congratulating, uh, congratulating him, and uh, he will be with us again next week. Phone lines are open today. We got, uh, we got a whole show for you to call in and be a part of it. 334-321. 1390 and I had a conversation a little bit about this yesterday but now that Uncle T-Bone's back with me I want us to have a talk about it had some callers yesterday and I'm sure we can get some more in here today about the newest playoff model for the college football playoff as they approved it yesterday they approved it yesterday it is now in the new 12 team playoff that begins this year it is now a 5 plus 7 model and here's what that means it is the five conference champions, the high, the five highest rated conference champions, okay, plus the seven highest ranked teams after that. That is how this is going to work. And those five highest rated conference champions doesn't mean they have to be one, two, three, four, and five. It's just the five highest ranked conference champions. They will be number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. They will then have a first round bye. The other seven teams will then play. The top four teams will have a first-round bye. The other eight teams, right? that's how math works. The other eight teams, after the top four teams have a bye, the other eight teams are going to play each other in the first round of the playoffs. The higher seed gets to host that game on campus, which I think is pretty cool. So what this means is, yes, you still have a 12-team playoff, but... There's some some new rules and some 
some things to work out here, if you will. And Uncle T-Bone, I'm curious on what you think about this 5 plus 7 model here. All right, so I know I've gotten older and sometimes my memory is a little foggy. Mm -hmm. But there is no Pac-12 anymore, correct? Is it a Pac-2? It's a For right now, it's a Pac-2. And those two teams are playing other teams as of right now. They're, I think they've got to deal with um, so another conference to play some other games. Like the Mountain to, West or something? To, to fill out a schedule. Yeah, just so, to fill out a schedule. There's only four power conferences, right? So what this is going to do is basically like an American Athletic Conference or okay. or something like that. They're not going to say that it's a, you know, they don't call it the Power Five. You've got your group of five or whatever. They're not going to call it that, but that's what it is, basically. So, say Appalachian State goes 12-2. and two. They win their conference. Are they the fifth-ranked team? Could be. If they're the, if they're hmm. the fifth-highest-ranked conference champ. But this is what I talked about yesterday was hmm. it's still in the hands of the playoff committee. Like, they still get to go and hide in their little room behind closed doors, don't get to tell anybody what they're doing, they don't have to defend it, and then they just get to decide who is who and who the highest-rated conference champion is. Now, do they use the previous rankings? I don't know. We're going to find out, I guess. But that so all of that is still sort of up in the air. And uh, I believe, you know, we had some good calls yesterday, and the conversation, the question came up. The question came up about whether it's the most deserving teams that get in or is it the best teams that get in. And that question is not answered with this model. I don't have a problem with a fifth automatic qualifier like the Mid-American or Sunbelt or AAC, Mountain West or uh, Conference USA. I don't have a problem with having a guaranteed spot. But are they at least guaranteed one of the top five spots? Not necessarily. Okay, so if they're not going to go one, two, three, four, five on the conference, right? As a conference champion, if you're one of the top five highest ranked ones, then yes, you will be. You're automatically one through five. Correct. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't. I, that, if you're going to have a have that type system, they should just go ahead and come up with a formula for a playoff. But because I mean, what if? You're a three-loss Oklahoma team that somehow finds yourself into the SEC tournament, SEC championship game, and you beat undefeated Tennessee for mm-hmm. the. You're, you're guaranteed in one of the top five spots as long as the SC, as long as the three-loss SEC champ has considered one of the five best conference champions, which they will. That's the thing is, yeah, the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, and, and Big Twelve are always going to be in that top five. They always should be. They're a Power Five conference. Oh, so you're, there's like six seven eight different conferences but they're going to pick the five best out of those conference champions mm-hmm. gotcha okay well what would have happened in this last year far, that, that's how i read it what would have happened in this last year with the kirk herb streets in the world you know the cia guys Uh-oh. of college football Uh-oh. the upper echelon of the elite media who are always pushing a narrative what would have happened in this scenario, here we go with what if, Jacob. Tune in. What happens with Florida State having an undefeated season, but they're ranked 
I mean, they got their third, you know, the, the, the same scenario happens where they have a third string quarterback, but they're undefeated. And, and Appy State wins the Sun Belt, and they deem them better. They're going to put App State at four and Florida State at five? Surely not. I wouldn't think so. I, I wouldn't think so. I think the four major conferences, the four power conferences, are still going to, to reign supreme. And here's a good breakdown of what this would look like to give everybody a visual here. Here's how the playoff would have played out in 2023 under this model, okay? Under this 5 plus 7 model. Here it is. And this is from The Athletic. Under the 5 plus 7 model, it would have been number 1 Michigan out of the Big Ten, number 2 Washington out of the Pac-12, number 3 Texas out of the Big 12, number 4 Alabama out of the SEC. So the top four teams that got a bye. And then number 5 Florida State. So they would have been in that top five and ranked as a top five conference champ, but they would have had to play in the first round of the playoff because they were not in that top four, okay? They would have gotten the automatic spots, those five teams in the 12-team playoff in 2023. Okay. Your other teams, six through 12, this is where it gets, it gets fun. Number six, Georgia. Number seven, Ohio State. Number eight, Oregon. Number nine, Missouri. Number 10, Penn State. Number 11, Ole Miss and number 12, Oklahoma, would have earned the seven remaining bids. Notre Dame would have been left out, which I mentioned this a, a hair yesterday, and I want to say this again. I love it. This punishes Notre Dame. And it's not because I dislike Notre Dame or have an agenda against Notre Dame, but it's punishing them for not playing in a football conference, which is how it should be. They should be in a conference. I don't care that they think they're better than everybody well, else. Well, when we go to the the big boy league of 50 to 60 teams, they'll be in a division. They, I mean, they'll be in there somewhere. But last year, they would not have been in because they didn't have, they didn't have any conference alignment. They didn't have any uh, allegiance to a conference. And so they could only get the at-large bid. They can't win a conference championship. So that's how it would have looked. So Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama would have been top four, get the first round by. And then five plays 12, six plays 11, yada, yada, yada. So you would have had Florida State hosting Oklahoma. You would have had Georgia hosting Ole Miss. You would have had Ohio State hosting Penn State and Oregon hosting Missouri in the first round of the playoffs. Talk about some fun right there. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's going to be awesome. But there's still going to be controversy. Oh, for sure. So you're telling me moving forward that in this system, Notre Dame can never be one of the top four teams and have a bye? Correct. Okay. What if they're undefeated? Doesn't matter. They they don't have a conference champion. They're not. They don't have a conference, so they can't become a conference. So they would probably be ranked sixth. They'd be sixth. They'd get to host that first round game of the playoff. That's as high as they can go. And you could still have the same type of scenario in seeding because it's going to matter to be one through four because you get a bye. Correct. You could have still had that same type of gnashing of the teeth argument, right, with the undefeated Florida State still yep. claiming, hey, yep. we need that bye because our guy, our second stringer, will be back by then who had the concussion, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be left out, and Alabama should be fit. Yeah, not Jordan because, Travis, the backup. Right, the backup who got hurt, who ultimately – it wasn't just Jordan Travis getting hurt. It was that backup get, getting hurt and having the concussion and then playing a third stringer against Louisville – in the ACC Conference Championship. Let me tell you one thing that I see out of here right now. Well, two things. A, it's still a beauty pageant. You still got a committee. They're still going to have bias. There's still going to be plenty of media with bias. It's my thought that some of the media are even paid 
ah, I don't know if I want to go there just yet. I don't know if I want to go there just yet. I don't, you know, some of this media is almost like a fusion GPS. You know who those people were in politics? They were the Washington firm that started that whole Russiagate stuff. Yep. The only relevance here is that I feel like that there's those fusion GPS firms out there that just throw money around to some media people, right? Maybe to get a little bit better story or a little bit negative story out there against your rivals. But that's neither here nor there today. It's still a beauty pageant. And then also, all this does is preserve something that needs to go away in college football, in What's my that? opinion. Conference championships game. Mm. They're a waste. They're, they're, the season's too long now. Well, this model's trying to debunk that. Yeah. Oh, they, 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 these conferences don't want people like me on the radio saying, stop playing these games. If I'm the number one team in the country and I'm Alabama and, and Jalen Milrow is my man and he's on the verge of winning the Heisman and we're about to go into the playoffs and we're looking to win a national title and we go over to Atlanta and he blows his knee out and they got to bring in some guy, uh, who, whoever the backup is, and they get master blasted in their first playoff game because their stud's gone. Right? I mean, if Cam Newton got hurt in the SEC championship game against South Carolina, what would have happened in the national championship game? It would have been a disaster. It would have been a disaster. You don't want your – if you're already in and you're and you're clearly better than everybody else and, and you've won – I mean, is there a regular season championship now like in basketball? No. Right? So do they have conference championship games in the NFL? No. It's all regular season, and then there's a formula for the playoffs. That's where we need to go. I'm sorry. That's where we need to go. This is a little bit better, I guess, but I really don't think the number 12 team in the country in football has any right to be competing for a national championship in any game. So you don't like the you don't like a 12 team playoff in general, then? Well, I mean, not 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 on paper. No, I think it just creates way too much football. It it water it waters the regular season down to me. Uh, these are student athletes, not professional athletes. Although a lot of them are getting paid NIL money. I mean, you think about this. What if you're what if you're a team that finds yourself with three losses? I don't know. I mean, that scenario wouldn't work because you'd be in the top four. But you might be five. Okay, and you got three losses. You're in a conference championship game. You've already played it. Is it a twelve game season? There's game thirteen. Then you got to play your 5 12. There's 14. Then you got to play another game. There's 15. That's the semifinals. And you get the 16 games in college football. I mean, that's how many they're playing in the NFL regular season. Do what you got to do, I guess, to to win a championship. And but you got to think about it. I get it, it, but you know, I I just still, I just. But how often would a three loss team be in a conference championship game on one of these major conferences? Because think about it, and think about the SEC. No more divisions. It's just the top two teams that make yeah. the SEC championship game. A three-loss team is not going to be in the SEC championship game very often. Now, Big 12, very possible. Sure. ACC, very possible because that conference is terrible. But out of this conference, I just don't see that being the case very often. But you also have what we believe is going to be a nine-game SEC schedule now with the addition of of Texas and Oklahoma. So I would assume one of those smaller games will get dumped, which I think is what needs to happen. And, you know, you play those games, and, and yeah, I think you then, teams have to considerably weigh 
okay, what's more important, winning our con- – again, take the SEC just to make it easy and keep it here locally. I'm a – I don't know. I'm a Georgia or I'm an LSU that has a loss or whatever, and I get, get to Atlanta – If I win this game, I'm going to be a top five seed. You can't guarantee that you're going to be a top four to get that first round by, but coming out of the SEC, you've got a pretty good chance. And I'm sure that's what's going to be the trend more times than not. So if I win this game, I'm going to be a top four seed. I'm going to get the first round by, and we're going to move on and play the next game in the college football playoff. Or... I don't risk blowing Jaden Daniels' knee out. I don't uh-huh. risk my star corner getting hurt. We take this game and we just use it as a glorified practice, and we're going to take our home game in the first round of the playoffs down in Baton Rouge at Tiger Stadium. We're going to rock whoever that 12th team is, yeah. and then we're going to move on and play, and then we're going to be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty here. I mean, uh, it'll be exciting. I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm saying I'm not going to watch it. I'll be right there in the middle of it, especially if the team I cheer for, the Auburn Tigers, are in there. I'm going to be hooting and hollering and having a good old time and loving it. But, I mean, it's just blatantly obvious that these conferences wanted to protect these conference games because everything you just said, you know, well, they'll they'll sell it like, well, if you're number one, you want to go ahead and win so you can get that number one seed. No, I don't. I don't want to play again. I've already earned that number one seed. I'm the best team in the conference, and I'm undefeated. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So, you know, they wanted to keep these conference championship games because it brings in a tremendous amount of revenue on top of the new tremendous amount of revenue that's going to be brought in into the 12-game playoff. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. We'll wrap up hour number one on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up hour number one, 334-321-1390. Specter, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow. Well, gentlemen, uh, I've been listening to y'all, and uh, this is what I think. You know, when it comes to the NCAA, it's, it's all about the money. Whatever, whatever fills their pockets, it makes them the most money. We're going to have to deal with what they come up with as far as playoffs go. I have uh, always felt that, the, especially in basketball, the tournament was a waste of time because you've already got a SEC champion, season champion, and then you're going to play a tournament. Actually, the tournament is probably set up for anybody that didn't make the tournament, the NCAA tournament. It's a second chance for them to get in by winning the yep. SEC tournament. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's, with that being said, uh, I, I would, you know, the SEC tournament is nothing but a trophy case filler. And I, I don't see the point in it. If I was a team like Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, going into the NCAA tournament, you have a chance of injuries going into the SEC tournament. Just like he, he brought up about Milrose going into the championship game for in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I don't buy that at, at all. And um, you know, if they uh, if they want to set up in football, if they want to set up a good tournament, NCAA, uh, you know, they ought to do it like they do in basketball. You have the NCAA NCAA tournament for all the big boys, and uh, and then you have the NIT for all those that couldn't make the NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, instead of so, bowl season or something like that, you just have a yeah, yeah, you have a an NIT football tournament or something. Yeah. Yeah. So for all those that didn't make the top twelve, they would go into an NIT tournament, so to speak. Yeah. And the rest of the top twenty five could play it out, and if they wanted to make more money, you take the winner of the NIT to play the NCAA guy. Mm. Well, you could uh, you could utilize all these lesser bowls like the uh, Poulon, Shreveport. Independence Weed Whacker Bowl or the Alamo Bowl in that NIT type situation. I kind of like that idea a little bit better than just everyone kind of scattering and and playing in. A, Here's this five win team that made a bowl game because we yeah. got to fill it to get the TV the TV money. Yeah, you know, I don't see how they come up with that situation. If you got a team like Slippery Rock that's ten and two, they're ten and two for a reason. And uh, or they're twelve and over. They're you know they're slippery rock, but you know they're there. They yeah. won their games. Right. They won the opportunity to get there. Well, it comes back to just I mean, what are you playing for, right? I mean, do, do the regular yeah. season games matter or not? I mean, that's that's the big right. question that we're trying to figure out. Exactly. David beat Goliath, right? That's right. Slippery rock can win it all. Hey, anybody can win on any given day, right, Specter? That's right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks so much for the call, man. It brings up a lot of interesting points. I think that there's just still way too much human bias involved here in this 12-game playoff. The conference championships mattered way, way more when there the are only two teams getting in. Yep. And you had to win that conference championship game several times. I mean, Auburn. it had Auburn lost to South Carolina in the SEC championship game in 2010. They may not have made it in. And they had just gone undefeated in the SEC. And this scenario, so what? We're still going to get in. Heck, we might even we might just play our second stringer, so we don't even have to we may just lose on purpose. I don't know, man. I, I just I, they're gonna have to do something here, and I think it's gonna have to involve a a league, like he said, a big boy league. Perhaps about forty eight teams. They got a Pony up about 20 mil a university to join it. You got free agency rules, no trades, you know. Players sign contracts on NIL, salary caps, the whole shebang. The whole shebang, Jacob. I think the only difference is the way the NFL gets away with it is the fact that everybody's playing on an even surface. And right now they're not, but a league like that would change that. And you would have it set. You do this, you're going to be here. You beat these teams, you're going to be here. If you don't, you're out. You're out. And that's why they can't do that right now. Because not every team is created equal. Not every schedule is created equal. Not every conference is created equal. And maybe that's what needs to happen to change all of this. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, some teams in the uh, top 25 have, you know, more money than Gordon Gecko in their NIL. And some teams are struggling. Yeah. Well, we'll talk some more about that coming up in hour number two plus college basketball and anything else on your mind here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Hour number two coming up. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line.
Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. That hour flew by. Oh, my goodness. That hour flew by. Started talking about football. Next thing you know, the show's over. (laughs) Hey, that's how it goes. If we do it long enough, hopefully the winter will be over with and we'll be getting into spring practice beginning a week from yesterday. Spring practice starts next Tuesday. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting, man. We need some some action in that football program, and I think people are pretty fired up, especially after that big-time recruit class that they brought in and uh everyone will be happy to see the tigers get back to practice hard to believe it that it starts in six days yeah starts on tuesday hugh freeze will have his uh spring opening press conference i'll be over there next tuesday afternoon and then the spring practice window will begin in the afternoons on tuesdays um i will not be able to be over there for most of it but i'm sure bill or dan one of those guys will be over there i think it's like 345 on tuesdays so doesn't necessarily work for us but hey that's all right we'll get notes and get guests and all that good stuff to keep you up to date as much as we can but hey hour number one is in the books we're underway in hour number two if you missed any of the first hour you can go and listen to the podcast at espnau.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast talked a lot of college basketball sec basketball games going on tonight we also talked about that new college football playoff model a little bit and how it doesn't really fix a whole lot of things uncle t-bone it's just kind of kicking the can down the road and getting more teams involved in what seems to be a human error aspect and so um look i Nobody, nobody's ever going to be fully happy. Nobody can't make everybody happy, right? And that seems like where we're at right now with this whole thing. I'll say this. Uh, I never thought that they should have gone to 12. Historically, the number eight team in the country really had no business ever trying to play for a national title at the end of the season. Okay? But with NIL, with the transfer portal, lesser teams are better. And it brings the better teams back down to the pack. That's called parity. And if had they had, any of those top ten teams this season could have won the national title. You didn't want any part of Missouri or Ole Miss at the end of the season. Heck no. And if they got hot, if Penn State got hot and finally could beat somebody who was really good, you know, they could have made a run. You know, Florida State had some issues, but if their second stringer had come back, that defense was nasty. I mean, there any of those top eight to 11 teams i don't think oklahoma could have won it all but they beat texas on any given saturday in the cotton bowl and the red river rivalry so you know um i don't mind the expansion of teams as much anymore but there's just so much human factor still in it and i'm not saying they need to go back to the computers they just need to go to a true system and i think that's where we're headed you know i gotta like this last year I mean, it was blatantly obvious that Kirk Herbstreet was biased, okay? And maybe he was right to be biased. But, I mean, come out before the start of the season, there were articles in AL.com about how much he loved Nick Saban and that was his favorite coach. And then at the end of the season, you know, he's pining for Alabama to be in the Final Four over Florida State. 
And Florida State fans got after him, man, and they're still after him on social media. I mean, they got their tomahawks, and any chance they get, they're after they're after Kirk Herbstreet. Do you think he likes Florida State now, especially after all the crud he's taken on Twitter from their fans? Probably not. And so he's going to be back, and those people on the committee that might have that might be back in the future, they may have a bad taste in their mouth about that university and their fan base. You know. What there's still a bias factor. There's still I just like that brand better than the other one, and that exists right now in college football. Let me ask you this, Jacob: What if it comes down to the end of the season next year, and Alabama's that team they've kind of fallen off, and they're right there around thirteen in some polls, twelve in another, fourteen in another? Here we go. Is Nick Saban the new star on ESPN Game Day? Gonna gonna call it like it is, or is he gonna is he gonna sell for his whole program where he still has an office in the stadium? That's not where I thought you were going, but I like that conversation too. And what brings that up, and what you have to bring up in that is the thing that I think impacts all of this: dollar signs, dollar bills, the green, right? Right. That's what impacts this all. And for anybody to think that it's not. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Because that's what this is all about. That's what they do it for. That's why you play the games. That's why they're on television. That's why they're on radio. That's why they're played in big fancy stadiums. It's why you can gamble on them. It's why you can bet (laughs) on them. It's why that you can spend hundreds and thousands of dollars each and every time you walk into a stadium. That's what it's about. That's why there's expansion. That's why it's not about making it fair for more teams. Give me a break. It's about making more money. Whether it's ESPN or if it's Fox or whoever will have it down the road. ESPN's got it now, but we're not bashing them. I'm just saying in general. It's about the schools making more money. Coaches, players, executives, ADs, everybody making more money. Because that's what this is about. Do you really think, we like to think so in this state, but do we really think college football makes the world go round? No. It's the money that's made from college football that makes the world go round. It's the money made from everything that makes the world rotate the way it does. And it's sad. It is sad. But that's a reality. And it's the truth. And once you see that like I see it, I don't get overly fired up about who makes it and who doesn't i can disagree with it all i want but i know the reason behind it and they'll never admit it they can't admit it they probably could but that's the reason and it's funny to me because we look back and for years especially auburn fans when it came to the bcs rankings in the bcs era auburn fans got tired of it because we were on the wrong end of that too many times And we were like, got to have something different. There needs to be a committee. There needs to be a group of people that decide this because they will be realistic. They will look at it and be able to tell who should really be in. And here we are 10 years later with a committee, and we're like, yeah, that ain't it. They're not good (laughs) enough. They're not looking at this the right way. They're not being – is it objective? They're not being objective and picking it correctly. Because teams are still getting the wrong end of the stick. Well, I mean, I'll say this. It, the committees are better than the old system minus the computers because the people in the polls who were determining that 
there were there were coaches in the big what was the I guess it's the Big Twelve then still in two thousand four who were ranking an undefeated Auburn team in the SEC at eight just so Oklahoma would get in. Who then got drummed. Got just dragged in the Orange Bowl by USC. And then there were plenty of people, and you can't tell me that there aren't just haters in the media. You got Pat Forty in the AP poll back then. You think he's going to give Auburn a fair shake? Give me a break. Yeah. So they had to go to – something a little bit better than a bunch of folks in the AP poll and a bunch of coaches who may have an axe to grind from conference or from some other recruiting battle they didn't win. So they put a committee together that includes athletic directors. Right. Because that makes a lot of sense. There's not enough common common man in these committees right it's all like we need to pull the average joe off the street yeah, I'm be with like, you. here's these teams let's Take go the to downtown birmingham and just get some kid walking out of class at uab who you know follows football and say you're in pal love it have I'm, at it i'm saying take somebody that doesn't even know what a football looks like <laughs> and you put a team a and team b all right who deserves to be in and why and then boom, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we're, we're getting off on a little uh, bit of a joke and tangent, but it, it really is getting to that point where it doesn't matter what happens and what they do. There's always going to be people upset. There's always sure. going to be someone left out and it's never going to please every single fan base. And people aren't going to be as sympathetic to say a Missouri team ranked 13th left out as they were to an undef in this new system, as they were to an undefeated Florida state a traditional powerhouse in college football with multiple national championships Mm -hmm. going undefeated in a major five conference and being left out. They're not going to be near as sympathetic, but they're still going to be upset, people. Let me tell you what's going to make my mind explode, though. Even worse than this past Monday, Jacob. Uh Uh-oh. Is when I, a couple of years, when we're on this radio station or hopefully you're still here. You'll probably be the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, my man. You're so talented. And I'm on here, and it's me and Randy, somebody, your replacement. And he starts talking about, hey, Uncle T. Hey, hey, Uncle T, man, what we're going to do here is we're going to pull up the metrics to see who could be in this final 12. We've got a new Ken Palm for football. And the metrics say – that Missouri should be in over Kansas State, and I'm going to walk out the door and and quit watching college football because <laughs> at that point you might as well just go back to the Billingsley poll. Whoa, okay, you dug on that the one. Dug metrics. deep on that. I like it. Watch and see. You'll see it probably next year. They already started it with this ESPN Power Poll, which half the time is just please do not. If you're going to partake in gambling, and I, I recommend you don't. Please don't follow that ESPN Powerball because if you do, your family's going to be sleeping in the streets. That <laughs> thing's wrong it, like 65% of the time. Hey, it's a Vegas trap. When in doubt, listen to just listen to the people, right? The people seem to know what's going on when it comes to that type of thing. You said something, and I want to bring it up again in just a, in a few minutes, but I want us to get to the phone lines. You said something during our break that I want people to hear because I like it a lot, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But let's get to the phone lines once again. Mark, you're on the line, man. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Happy hump day. Hey, uh, y'all turning the conspiracy theorists loose. Day, I'm telling you, we, we uh, uh, this wasn't where we wanted to go, but it's just kind of how it went. Man. Hey, this is what happens when Jacob plays the what-if game with Uncle T-Bone. <laughs> Get the aluminum foil out. 
wrap right, it around yeah. your head and take a deep breath. Absolutely. But, Jacob, you are absolutely correct. It's all about the dollar. That's exactly where it's at. Uh, one thing I want to mention, you know, I, have, I don't have a problem with committees. I don't have a problem with the way it was. My problem is I want to hear the explanation. I want the people that are making these decisions to sit in a room and answer every question that is asked of them as far as why. Yep. And that's something that we just don't get. Press conference style. I'm with you. Now, they'll send out the head of the committee, and he'll he'll sit on, on a TV show oh, and talk yeah. for 10 or 15 minutes. But, I mean, and sometimes he'll just flat out say, well, you know, that's just what we decided was best or can't give an answer to that or blah, blah, blah. I'm with you, Mark. I'm absolutely with you. It's extremely frustrating to watch a group of people that walk into a room, they sit in there by themselves like a group of jurors, and then come out and give their their verdict, and then they go home. And it doesn't affect their lives. doesn't matter. But they don't have to defend it. Let me jump in on that real quick. I'm with you, Mark. They could actually monetize that. And like these uh, hearings you see on C-SPAN that are completely worthless most of the time in politics and do those same hearings in some way and just run commercials and ESPNs just monetizing this whole thing. There's no sunshine laws involved in uh, in these meetings. And the problem is, like Jacob said, they'll send the, the committee chair out there and he'll hem and haul around and not give hardly any kind of answer, and Paul Feinbaum will be all outraged, and then everybody just moves on because that's the way it is, and no one can name most of these people on the committee. They ain't even heard of them. No. And uh, the one thing is the rules, you know, their rules or whatever you want to call them, they go by or don't go by, they change from year to year. Like this year, mm-hmm. they may say, oh, Florida State's quarterback was out. Well, it didn't matter when Ohio State was down to their third string quarterback. There you go. But you know, you know, so it, it's just that they don't have consistency, and they certainly don't have accountability. It's the guidelines. All right, guys, yeah. Enjoy the show. Yeah, appreciate the call, Mark. Always great to hear from you, brother. You've been really engaged with this conversation over the last couple of days. Yeah. We appreciate that. I and, love it. And he's right. I mean, the the it's a moving target, man. It, that's One exactly year it's right. The eye test. And then next year, it's what they did on the field. Strength of and schedule. And then it's strength of schedule. And then it's injuries. And mm-hmm. there's just mitigating factors this year that we're all talking about. Uh, the, the moon was closer to the earth than it ever has been. <laughs> Who knows what it is, right? And it's like you're just sitting there going, you know, eye test tells me that Alabama barely squeaked by one of the worst Arkansas teams and most – that I've ever seen, and, and, and really one of the worst Auburn teams. But they beat Georgia the next week, but Florida State's undefeated. They're out. Mm. I mean, you know, and, and look, they probably got it right. And I'm a little hard on the, the ESPN folks just because it really upsets me when national media in any medium is, you can just tell, is foaming at the mouth, this is my opinion and I'm right, and you're going to hush it up out there in radio land or TV land, I know better than you because I'm Kirk Herbstreit. I'm not going to stand for that, Jacob. No, sir, not today. I like it. I like it. And that's the good thing about what we do is you can agree or disagree with us all you want. As long as we're entertaining and we're something that's a pleasant in your life, that's all we're here for. 334-321-1390. News out of Tuscaloosa, not on the field, but in the broadcast booth. We need to talk about that when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. 
you are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader, and need to and, and, and want to talk about oh. uh, some news across the state on the Alabama broadcasting side of things. Um, this has been a this has been a story that has been kind of ongoing for over a year now. And the longtime, long, long time voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide, Eli Gold. After what a great name. I mean, a great, great name. And and look, a really good broadcaster, man. I mean, oh, he's he's a guy that I grew up, you know, listening to on and off when, you know, tune in for Alabama games or you'd hear calls from him when they would get posted and stuff. I mean, look, he's he's a really good play by play guy. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. He missed the twenty twenty two season as he was battling cancer. And he then returned in 2023, calling home games and then the Iron Bowl for Alabama football this season. And news came out today. It was first reported by uh, the Tuscaloosa News that longtime, and this is a, a, the first paragraph from AO.com, says longtime Alabama football play-by-play broadcaster Eli Gold will not return for the 2024 season, he confirmed to AO.com on Wednesday. Uh, Chris Stewart, Alabama basketball's longtime announcer, has called football games during Gold's prior absences, and he will continue in the booth in both roles next season. Jacob, this story just broke 28 minutes ago, and it's in AL.com titled, Eli Gold Not Retiring Speaks Out After Alabama Opts to Not Retain Broadcast Legend. Yes. So I guess with the new coach, they're going to bring in a new announcer and move into the future. And Gold has a comment here and here. Well, the university has chosen not to bring me back. This is not with a capital N-O-T, not at all health-related. I am very healthy. Everything is wonderful. I am healthy as a horse. Sounds like to me they're pushing him out. And they're pushing out a legend up there in Tuscaloosa. I guess another legend up in Tuscaloosa. Eli Gold is a class act. From an Auburn fan, I have listened to him on the radio several times. Long, long time. Several times uh, when before every game was on television and Alabama was playing at a different time than Auburn. And I wanted to hear what was going on and always enjoyed his broadcast. Guy was fantastic in NASCAR, too. If you ever came People back, forget about that. If you ever come back from a roadie from somewhere and you needed to kill a couple hours and it was a Sunday, turn on that NASCAR radio and Eli Gold was on there, he was so good. He was so good. He was so much better, too. And this would have been long before your time, the couple of guys that were on him for Alabama broadcast on football before Eli Gold got there. I can't remember their names. I think one of their, both of them were named John something, maybe Forney or something. I mean, they were sickening now. You talk about homers. Just sitting there listening to the replay after the 1985 Van Tiffin kick with both of them going, it's good, it's good, it's good. <laughs> I mean, Eli Gold handled everything. Go back and listen to that 2013 call from the Alabama broadcast of the kick six. I mean, just straight up class, man. Good guy, fantastic legend, 
of the state of Alabama being pushed out at the University of Alabama, folks. Yeah, that's, I mean that's what it that's what it seems like. It's it seems like he is not being retained at Alabama. A guy that's been there for gosh, just forever. It seems like. I mean, Chris Stewart's had some health issues in the past too. Now he's a good dude. I've met Chris several times. Like him fine, but man, you got to let somebody like Eli Gold kind of go out on their own i believe i know understand that chris stewart had been handling the away games eli couldn't travel because of his health issues doing basketball and stuff for a long time too been I doing mean, their basketball i think he does a really good job like the guy he's a younger dude but you know he's a you know my thoughts are why didn't they interview my man across the studio here mm. this guy right here jacob goins folks he can call just about anything with passion and fire Come on, Alabama, get it together. Well, you bring that up, and as a radio guy, as a broadcaster myself, it's, yes, he called Alabama games, but he did a really good job, and he painted a really good picture. He was a really good radio guy, and you want to talk about one of the most recognizable voices in broadcasting. If you turned on the radio and you heard that voice you knew it was Eli Gold. You knew who it was. You knew that he who he was oh, and yeah. what he was calling. He was Eli Gold, and he was calling Alabama football. You Eli knew that's exactly. Gold, Alabama football will return. Just unique, man. It was a unique voice that did such a good job. And this is this is uh, sad. I, man. I think this is a developing story here. I really I, do. I'm I'm with you. I mean, the first story was kind of like he's retiring. He's out of here. And that was, you know, break broke a couple hours ago. And he's like, nah, no, this just breaking. At the end of this uh, story on AL.com, quote from Eli Gold, this is really sad, Alabama, even for Alabama. I was originally told that I was going to do A-Day, and they have now reconsidered on that, Gold said, and they're just going to make a clean break. Mm. But they will honor their contract through the end of June. Uh, I mean, what? Would you treat Jim Fife like this or Rod Bramlett? Rest in peace, guys. I don't think Auburn would treat somebody like that, man. I don't understand this. Something, this something's not passing the smell test right here, Jacob. Here's what the vice president of the Crimson Tide Sports Network, Jim Carabin, had to say. He said, quote, Eli has been an invaluable member of our broadcast team. We are grateful for his years of service and wish him all the best in his next chapter. Crimson Tide Sports Network is fortunate to have someone as part of our existing broadcast team and Chris to step up and seamlessly transition into this role. Weird timing, man. Weird timing for a guy that's been doing it for a long time. One legend leaves, another one out of the booth as well. I don't know, man. Not not saying there's anything, because I don't know. I don't. I mean, the story just broke today. But it is weird timing, oh, and it's interesting for a guy that fought through cancer and was able to get back in the booth for a heavy amount of games for Alabama and then is seems to be shown the door at the end of all at the end of June this year. Thirty five years of service. He was from Brooklyn, New York, and he began his work at Alabama in nineteen eighty eight. Here's the door, Eli. Don't let it hit you. You know where on the way out is basically what they're saying. That's big radio news in this state, man. That's big radio news in in the country, but especially 
in the state of Alabama as Eli Gold out as the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. When we come back, we need some talk. We need some Auburn basketball talk on the show today. We're going to get to that. There's no midweek game, so it feels a little weird to not have a one to talk about, but we'll talk about the team and what we can look forward to this weekend against the Dogs in Athens. That's coming up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Uncle T-Bone with you in the studio on ESPN 1067. Well, as we mentioned, and as you know, there is no Auburn basketball week game. There's no weeknight game this week. Nothing last night, nothing tonight, and... You know, I think it's coming a good time, maybe a little bit later than we wanted and later than most teams that have one in the SEC, but Auburn does finally get that so-called bye week. Coming off the loss to Kentucky, they now go back on the road this weekend to Athens. I will be there, so maybe, uh, hey Andy, maybe don't, uh, don't, don't flirt with the Tigers this weekend since I'll be in the building, but Auburn is going to be making a trip to Athens, and so I ask you, Uncle T-Bone, and I ask our listeners, what is it that we want to see happen differently moving forward? Coming out of a bye week, into the home stretch of SEC play, into the SEC tournament in just a few weeks, and then ultimately the NCAA tournament that Auburn will be a part of. We just don't know quite where they're going to be yet. What are those things that we want to see change in this bye week and moving forward for Auburn as we get closer to the postseason? A lot of people say that some of the comments I had Monday were a little bit unreal, unrealistic, you know, where I, I'm, I'm pumping now championship or bust. But I'm going to stick with it, okay? So there, there, the question to me that you're asking is what I thought someone should have asked Bruce Pearl after the Kentucky game, after this bitter defeat, okay? How are we going to pivot, Coach, towards a national championship run? Because – even if you can't get there, that's what you're working for just to get into the tournament and get better seating and get going, right? So so what do we have to do, Auburn, to realistically have any kind of shot at winning a national championship, not next year, not three years, but this year in basketball? What do we have to do, Coach? What are the changes we got to make to get to the national championship and win it this season? Out in, I guess it's out in Phoenix, right? I believe so, yes. I think we're going to have to change up the rotation to start with, and we got to just play our best players and go from there. You know? And, I, look, I, I appreciate everyone's spot on that roster at Auburn, and I appreciate Bruce Pearl and his staff's faith in everyone in that roster, but, man, you just cannot have – when you start pivoting to that third part of the marathon known as basketball season, and that's post-conference play, guys who aren't really a threat to produce 
heavy numbers offensively like Chris Moore and Leor Berman. In the game, very long, or if at all, unless someone's in super foul trouble, or a lot of people are, someone gets hurt and that's your last option, or you're up by 20 with about a minute to go. That's what I want to see first. Bottom line. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And, you know, I think a lot of people have had those same points and arguments throughout this entire season. And I want to pick up on that in just a second. 334-321-1390. Dak, what do you want to see from Auburn basketball moving forward, man? Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but all six of our losses were followed the same script. Am I wrong? I mean, as far as we got beat because we couldn't shoot the three. It was like three for 25, yeah. three for 20, two for 24. Is that, am I correct on that? No, we were ice cold in, in every one of those games that, outside of Baylor that we yeah. opened up so, the season. And, and Dak, yeah, I don't so, think it's just a trend this season. It's a trend over the last about three seasons. I, that's exactly what I was about to bring up, okay? And, and you asked what I would like to see. Just one time, I would love to say, okay, let's go into Georgia, guys. And I don't want one three-point shot taken. Bingo. I want us to get in the paint. I want us to go get close, drive it, let them foul us, or you shoot a jump shot inside the paint. Just one time, and I want to see what happens with that. Yeah. I think it's a a strategy that – I think Auburn should absolutely implement to a certain extent. And, you know, you come in and you say, yeah, all right, Jani Broom, Dylan Cardwell, whoever, let's paint. We're going to give it to you. We're going to use our guards who are not shooting well, are overall not playing all that well, and their job is going to get it to you. Remember, Auburn point guards did not have an assist on Saturday against Kentucky. Remember that. So they need to fix that. That's a problem. And their assist numbers are going to come from pick-and-roll, alley-oops, bounce passes to the big men. Or it's going to come from driving kicks to the corners, and then those guys put it on the floor and penetrate the lane once again to get floaters, get fouled, jump shots, whatever. I'm 100% with you, Dak. Yeah, 60% of the time they're going to be fouled. Yep. And and I just don't understand. I get it. As a player, they think, okay, this next three I'm shooting up is going to get us started. But it's not been the case. And it's been every time we've lost, it's been the same fashion. And I just don't understand why once we, you know, are one for nine, one for ten, we don't say from the staff, hey, cut out the three, get it inside, drive and get fouled. That's what I do not understand. I think a lot of it comes back to, and and again, this may not be a very popular opinion, but I'm going to say it anyway, it comes back to the – the free playing mindset that Bruce Pearl has with his Auburn players where when you come and play at Auburn you can kind of play however you want right you can kind of have the green light no matter what and it's the it's the unwillingness to change that when you need to change it and I think most people would agree it needs to be changed right now and and that's tough to do in in late February it's like okay we got to change our whole identity well not necessarily but you got to change right. something because what you're doing right now is not going to win you that championship no. like Uncle T-Bone's asking that, for. That's right. And, and look, as well as we've played at times, this is what I'm expecting in, in the NCAA tournament. We'll probably win the first one. We may even win the second one. But at some point in that second, third game, we're, this, this ugly head is going to pop back up again. Mm-hmm. 
and you know it's going to happen. No, I mean because it's, it's happened ha- in the past. It's happened the last two seasons. That's right. When, when and look, Houston was fantastic last year, but the the real stickler was two years ago into the second round. Auburn goes up against Miami, and yep. our guard play was atrocious. Theirs was fantastic. We 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 backslid into old habits and just didn't yep. have any answers, and they smoked us. Absolutely. And Houston took a little page from that, too. I yeah, mean, they, they did. I mean, that's what they did. It took them and a while I, to get to get to that point, but right. once they settled in and figured out they could get Auburn out of rhythm, oh, they did it, and they pushed in hard. Oh, no question. That's right. But I would love to see us just drive the ball and shoot inside the red inside the three-point. And, and I, I really believe we'd be better. I, I think we'd be a better team. I do, too, especially right now with your proven – Best, most effective three-point shooter in Jalen Williams not going to be participating. Right, right. All right, guys. Great show, man. Yeah, appreciate the call, Appreciate the call, Dak, always, man. They have a little time left for a couple of callers, right? Yeah, yeah. Get in at 334-321-1390 like Dak did. You know, we talk about I'd like to see some different rotations. Um, If they are going to rotate, and change them up, and the best players play the most minutes. Like, I hate to say it, a lot, most basketball teams do. Well, I said that the other day. They I better mean, get after it because I'm yeah. not really sure they can't. Well, Auburn, I mean, Auburn. Are they, I mean, because they haven't done it all season, can these guys go 30, 35 minutes across the board, your best five, in crunch time when you have to have it? You would like to think so, but I think it's a fair question to bring up because we have preached Auburn is oh Auburn's super deep. Auburn's got ten guys they can play. Nobody plays more than twenty. They don't minutes. even break a sweat some games. I mean, literally, we've talked about that, and it's true. When you go and beat somebody by forty, yeah, you didn't break a sweat all that much because you didn't play more yeah, than twenty minutes. If you minutes roll a game. that rotation out again, if you get a shot at Houston again, and you roll that rotation out like you've been doing all season, you're going to get bounced from the tournament. Well, here's where it is right now, and I think this is really fun to look at. The latest bracketology, this was as of yesterday. All right, this is the games from – the games yesterday don't are not included in this. But Auburn hasn't played, so it doesn't matter. Auburn is currently, according to Joe Lenardi and ESPN, they have gone down to a four seed. So they're still in those top 16 teams like we have been most of the time. They're up against in the first round, in case people haven't seen this. I mentioned it yesterday. Auburn is up against Appalachian State in game one in the tournament as of right now. They're not going to do that. (laughs) Why would you even have that in your – there's no way on earth they're going to have a repeat matchup like that in the first round. App State getting in thanks to the automatic qualifier for winning their conference tournament is what they're saying. They're going to get in, but – they're not going to match them up against Auburn again. That's Probably not, but I'm just saying. But here's the thing. So let's say Auburn overcomes it and gets revenge against App State. All right. They're going to play either Wisconsin, the five seed out of the Big Ten, who has been a top 25 team all year long until this three and four game stretch they've been on, this slide they've been on, or Indiana State as a 12 seed, who just became ranked in the top 25 for the first time in like, 85,000 years. Since Larry Bird, probably. Exactly. And so, 
Would Auburn and guess who's on the other side of that? Your half of the bracket. Yeah, number one UConn. No thanks. Who just got blasted? Yeah, last they night. got blasted oh last night. And people were texting me that saying, "Hey, see Uncle T, it's hard on the road in college basketball." Stop and my it. response is, "Stop. They it. haven't won in 19 straight game in 10 years, beating a, a ranked opponent." Kind. I was like, "They've won two national titles in 10 years. They're a blue blood. They get the benefit of the doubt. We're trying to become." That. They've won five in the last 25 years. Did you know that? Yeah, they're really good as a program. I'm going to give UConn a mully here. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, especially against a really good Creighton team on the road, as opposed to Kentucky coming down here and embarrassing us on our home court. But how do Auburn fans feel right now playing against that Appalachian State team, playing against Wisconsin out of the Big Ten, and an Indiana State team that I guarantee almost none of our listeners know anything about, and rightfully so. It's Indiana State. I don't even know what city Indiana State University is in. Sycamore? Is that right? Is there a Sycamore, Indiana for some reason? No, they are the Sycamores, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Well, they're I got the Sycamores. One. I don't know where they yeah. I don't remember what city they're in, but they are the Sycamores. But that's what I'm saying. And you're going to be Sycamore if they come in and beat you in the tournament, I'm oh. probably you that you'll bounce be, you to and barbecue be more and more than sick if, if they were to if come Auburn in and beat goes Auburn. up against Appy State again in the first round of the tournament we're gonna win that game fact I will bet I will <laughs> I will put the JG guarantee Whoa, out there we you can't will throw win, that around we man. will win can't that, that game there is no way ain't no way on <laughs> earth the Mountaineers could beat us twice in the season in basketball right I mean hey the NCAA tournament's not playing in Boone North Carolina right it's played in wherever neutral site game that this would be played at and this one oh man I had it pulled up just a second ago where this this is not how it's going to play out let's just be very oh, clear I could like, clearly see them putting Wisconsin near us for some reason they are the fine in all yeah. sports it's always Auburn versus Wisconsin or Auburn versus Clemson or Auburn versus Miami. Can we, can we get some new blood? Can we play somebody different? How about we play St. Mary's or somebody? I don't know if you want St. Mary's. Iona. There you go. Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, these games will be played in Brooklyn as of right now nice. up in New York where Auburn played pretty, pretty hey, well. Hey, ESPN 106.7 said they'd send us to Brooklyn if we got sent there, I think right? so. Steve Witten, you heard that, right? We're going to Brooklyn That's what if I Auburn heard. gets there. That's what I heard, too. Last sales meeting, but all allegedly. Of the, but all of these things come together like our listeners and callers have been talking about that we have as well. Like, we can all see that some things have to change if Auburn wants to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And yeah. I'm curious to see what this team looks like without Jalen Williams. You're gonna find out Saturday yeah. in person. You, I, I will. I'm gonna be there. They're gonna have to change up these rotations. They're gonna have to go with their best players with optimum minutes. And I think we got to see some different personnel playing together at the same time. I've been saying it all year. I'd like to see two different packages: jumbo package, which includes Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell on the court at the same time. And I don't know how you do that. That's not why I'm not. That's just what I'd like to see. I'd like to see something different, and I'd like to see the small termite package, as I like to call it. And that's your 1986 Providence team running up and down the court, hooking up threes. Well, here's how you do it: you you buy out and you take your stock out of we're the deepest team in America, and you say, "Here's your starting five: Dylan Cardwell is your center, Jani Brooms your four. You put probably put Cheney Johnson as a three. Or you could put you could put CBM there, but I'd probably say Chandy Johnson right now. And you put Chad Baker as a big two, 
and you put Denver as your one or Trey as your one. Either way, put your big guys in and let them eat, and let's see what happens. CBM, you're a shooter. Guess what? You're a shooter. Chaney, get the ball in your hands and see what can happen because you're a big boy. You're going to be the next Jalen Williams, and we were going to wait to do that next year, but, well, that's been accelerated a little bit. You're in, buddy. Let's go. That could be a nice lineup. You don't have to play it for 40 minutes, but just try it out a little bit. And what's tough is, as I was telling them, but we got to get to break, is the fact that it is late February. It's February 21st. This game against Georgia is not played until Saturday, and March Madness is right around the corner. It's tough to change who you are at this point in the season. It's very, very difficult to do. But as they were saying, not shooting threes? Yeah, this team's got to find a way to get out of that mindset a little bit because, sorry folks, they just don't make them a whole lot. Let's get to our final break. We'll come back and wrap up the Wednesday edition of On the Line after this on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Appreciate you all being with us. I know uh, I know. personally for me, I don't say that enough. So just thank you so much for, for being here each and every day, whether you're in the car, out of the car, or you're here for two hours, two minutes. It doesn't matter to me. I'm thankful you're here. And uh, look, nobody's having more fun than we are from two to four on this radio station. So we appreciate you being here. And uh, it's been a great show today. So if you missed any of the show with me and Uncle T-Bone, you can find the podcast at our station website at ESPN au.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts we talked college basketball sec basketball tonight i want to get back to that quickly in just a second uh talked about the college football playoff talked a little bit of broadcasting news and also just talked a lot about auburn basketball as well so all of that you can catch with the podcast at espn au.com Florida and Alabama, the biggest game of the night in college basketball. Top 25 Gators going on the road to T-Town to Coleman Coliseum. Who do you got tonight, Uncle Tebow? Oh, I got Alabama winning this game. I, there's, you know, Florida's playing great basketball, and they're clearly headed towards the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really know about the line in this game. It looks a little fishy to me and uh, almost like they're begging you to take Florida. But Alabama is just uh, – they have, they've, they're almost about, they're trying to hit another gear. That's a different animal at home, man. Yeah, and they're playing as good as anybody in the league. Um, I just don't, I just don't see Florida going in there and taking care of business. But if they do, that might be the type of team you want to look out for in the NCAA tournament. Real quick, teams that are able to handle business right now, especially teams that historically have won national championships, are the teams that I look for in the tournament. So. Big opportunity for Florida to make a statement here and really jump up into uh, a higher seed in the NCAA tournament, but I just don't see it happening. Four out of their last five, well, let me just say it this way. Alabama in their last couple of home games, you ready for this? Dropped 100 on Texas A&M, dropped 99 on Mississippi State, 109 on LSU, 93 on Missouri, 79 on Auburn, not bad. 74 against South Carolina, okay. But all those other games, 93, 100, 109. They dropped 109 on LSU on the road the other night. So, you know, Alabama at home is a pretty nasty team. They're a really good shooting team, and they pretty much always win inside that building. And Florida's good defensively. They rebound the ball really well. 
but they can't hang with them. Alabama's going to shoot it until the cows come home. I'm going to take Alabama. I got them covering the spread nine and a half. Give me the Crimson Tide by double digits tonight. Yeah, I don't hate that pick at all. I, I, I mean, it just kind of seems like that's just how this season is beginning to play out. And they march a little bit closer with a victory tonight. Oh, so close to claiming that regular season SEC championship. It would all but do it, I think. I mean, they're, I think they're, what, a half game up on Tennessee right now, a game and a half up on Auburn. I mean, this, would, this wouldn't fully do it. There's still time, but this would be a really good step for them, that's for sure. Yeah, claim that number one. They play spot. twice, don't do they not? Doesn't Alabama and Florida play? They do. They play twice. This is in Coleman tonight, and then coming up on Tuesday, March fifth, Bama goes back to Florida. Wow, that's very interesting. This late in the season to have to do that, but I think Auburn and Georgia are doing the same thing. Am I right mm-hmm. about that? Yep. So, you know, the SEC scheduling quirks continue in basketball as well. But I'm with you, Jacob. What do you think about uh, real quick Mississippi State, Ole Miss? That's real. I mean, to me. Alabama-Florida is obviously the game of the night in the SEC, but perhaps the most intriguing game because of the consequence of the loser is the Egg Bowl in basketball. Give me your miss. Stay alive on the bubble. I kind of like Mississippi State at home there. Taking the home team, not a bad idea in, in conference play this season. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Thanks so much for being with us tomorrow. Brad Law and Chris Gordy on a busy Thursday edition of the show. That'll be tomorrow, 2-4, to four, right here on ESPN 106.7. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.